Welcome to Book Clips, a mini podcast where authors share a reading from their novels, part of the Lesbian Review, and broadcast on the lesbiantalkshow.com. The Lesbian Review brings you only the best in lesbian fiction. I'm Catherine M. Wilson, and I'm the author of the trilogy When Women Were Warriors. This excerpt is from Book Two, A Journey of the Heart. In this scene, Tamris has participated in her first battle. She is still an apprentice, not yet a warrior, and is not expected to join in the fighting. But she sees that her warrior, Mara, is in trouble. Because Tamris is small, too small to wield a sword well, she has been training with a bow, and she uses her bow to kill the man who would have killed Mara. It is now evening, and the battle has been won by the warriors of Marin's house. Taya, one of the other apprentices, also participated in the battle, and Vintel, Marin's war leader, honored her for that. But Vintel hates both Mara and Tamris, and she ignores what Tamris did, even though it was her action that inspired Taya. While the warriors sat at their fire recounting to one another their feats of arms, the apprentices had a celebration of their own. At first they were all elated, swept up in the excitement. They chattered on about their wild charge and the thrill of seeing the enemy flee from them in confusion. What they had done that day made them feel powerful, more powerful than they had ever felt before, and as they had every right to do, they indulged their pride in themselves. But as the night wore on, they grew quiet and thoughtful. They must have seen some dreadful things that day. I wondered if the killing bothered them. Since I was one of the killers myself, I didn't ask. Mara waited until I was alone. All evening she had been sitting apart from the other warriors in the shadows. All evening I had known exactly where she was. Even while I was talking with friends and listening to the others tell their stories, I was waiting for her. When the last of the apprentices had gone to bed, she came and sat beside me. I don't know what I expected. I felt hollow, as if the ice around my heart had melted and left nothing in its place. I wanted her to make me feel like myself again. Only a few weeks ago, she said softly, you told me you were reluctant to take the lives of birds, but you found your power, and you learned to take no harm from exercising it. It felt to me like a very long time since I had been hunting birds. You will master this new power, too, she said. She started to stand up. Fearful that she was going to leave me, I clutched at her sleeve like a child grasping at her mother's skirts. At once I was ashamed of myself, and I let go. I'll be right back, she said. She disappeared into the shadows of the cave. When she returned, she was carrying a shield. I remembered that her shield had been damaged in the fighting, and I thought she had brought it to the fire to repair it. But when she sat down beside me, I saw that it was the shield I had taken from the northern warrior. Vintel should have honored you, too, she said. I'm glad she didn't. So am I, but you deserve the honors of war, no less than Taya. Mara set the shield down in front of me. This is yours. She lifted the edge so that I could see the sword that lay beneath it. So is this. When I started to say I didn't want them, she put a finger to my lips. When you told me you didn't want the bow, I said nothing, because you weren't ready to accept it. But I believe it was a gift for you. However it came to be where we found it, it was meant to find you. Now it has brought you glory and the spoils of war. I think it would have been better if this had not happened so soon. But nothing can change what's done.
and now you must be worthy of the man you killed. The man I killed. Mara leaned close to me and peered into my eyes. Do you regret what you did? I saw in my mind's eye my warrior lying on the ground, sheltering under her shield, and the northern warrior standing over her. I shook my head. That's good, she said, because your regret would do him a great wrong. It would be as if he died for nothing. She said no more, but she made no move to leave me, and I took comfort from having her nearby. I tried to think of something to ask her, so that she would talk to me some more. Some of the men marked themselves with blood, I said. Yes. Why? You must ask them that. Why did you mark me? She sighed. It's the custom among my people. Laris told me it hasn't been done here in many years. I should have thought before I did it. But it has a meaning I would have you understand. What does it mean? When you butchered animals at home, she said, did you not make an offering of blood to the mother? Of course we did. Why did you do that? Because all life comes from her. That's right, she said. We offer her the first blood of everything. The first blood of the animals we kill, the first blood of the maiden, the first blood of childbirth. All life is hers. And when a warrior marks herself with blood, she offers back the life she took. I thought it was a kind of boasting. Not at all, she said. Not at all. In spite of myself, I yawned. Mara stood up and spread her cloak on the ground there beside the fire. The others had made their beds in the shelter of the cave, but Mara made ours out in the open air. She waited for me to lie down, then she lay down beside me and pulled my cloak over us. Although I was exhausted, I was in no hurry to sleep. I lay open-eyed, gazing up at the stars. Yes, she said, he will come to you in dreams. That she understood my fears was a comfort to me. What shall I do? Sleep, she said. And when you meet him face to face, don't be afraid to speak to him. Tell him that though you are young and small of body, your spirit is large and powerful. Tell him it was no disgrace to be defeated by someone so powerful. Then tell him to go on to the place of new beginnings and leave you in peace. In spite of my fear, I had to laugh. Surely this was boasting so absurd, so grandiose, that his spirit would only laugh at me. But my spirit isn't large and powerful, I said. You think not? I think not. Look back over this day and tell me what you did. All evening I had been trying to forget what I did that day, but she made me look at it again. You shot an arrow, she said, and you killed a man. I nodded. Don't you see? That act was the pivot around which everything changed. The world changed because of what you did. Because of you we celebrated a victory tonight, and because of you the man who would have killed me died while I went on living. Now tell me how powerless you are. She didn't wait for a reply. She turned away from me onto her side. I lay beside her, gazing up at the stars, while my heart grew warm again, and tears gathered in my eyes. At last I turned to her and laid my face against her back. For a long time I listened to the life in her, until I slept, untroubled by dreams.
You've been listening to Book Clips by The Lesbian Review, broadcast on The Lesbian Talk Show. For more information on this book and author, check out our show notes. You can also email us on podcast at thelesbiantalkshow.com with any questions, information, or if you have a particular book that you want us to showcase.